You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic on the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician. And for the first time in 2018, you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle with your boy, Speeds, the Spittin' Statistician, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got a good show for you on a Monday after Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We're going to chop it up about all the trends and takeaways that I saw on Wild Card Weekend. We're going to talk about how we spin it forward to the divisional round. As usual, I got my boy Chris, the animal Lakota, right there on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. I got a lot to talk about, okay? We got a lot of takeaways from Wild Card Weekend. We're also going to preview the NCAA National Championship game between Alabama and Georgia. I'll tell you where to put your money to win a little bit of extra cash on a Monday. It's like it's a New Year's resolution, okay? If you resolved to win a little bit of cash, I'm your man to hold you down. We also, we got to get into the stats over beat Cypher, okay? I had a lot of people hit me up when I was away in the last week and a half, and I want to, first of all, give a big shout-out and thank you to my guys, the fantasy executive Corey Parson and your boy Chris Ventra. I heard they had a lot of fun on the Fantasy Freestyle with the Stats Over Beat Cypher over the last week or week and a half. But your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, is back. And one of the things I want to ask you guys about is, out of these games that happened last weekend, which wild card winner was the most impressive to you? Which team that played on wild card weekend do you think actually has a chance to make a run in the NFL playoffs? Was it the Tennessee Titans with Mariota potentially rounding into form? Was it the Atlanta Falcons who went out to Los Angeles and in essence had a business trip, okay? Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, that running game all came through in a win against the Rams on Sunday. Was it the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Blake Bortles? Maybe they're not going to get a ton of votes because, you know, hey, we'll talk about that. Or was it the New Orleans Saints who had a great NFC South matchup and have now beaten the Panthers three times in a row? They go up to Minnesota this weekend. Which of those four teams do you think is the most impressive? As usual, we're going to give you my news and notes. I'll give you my trends and takeaways. We'll talk about the NCAA championship game. And because football is, the regular season is over, we're going to bring back some stuff that we used to do on the Fantasy Freestyle. And by definition, we are going to put the fun in functional sports radio. If you want to holler at your boy, you can. The number is 844-843-6879. If you're watching live on the YouTube stream and want to get involved in the chat, type it up. Let me know. We'll check in on those throughout the show as well. It is a Monday. It is Fantasy Freestyle. I am back in the saddle and ready to go for 2018. Come on right back. You know what it is. Let's go. 
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Martinez, the stable genius among us all here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got to get into it because we had some interesting games on Wild Card Weekend. I want to tell you what I took away from it and what I think the implications are for the divisional round. There's still opportunities, people, to win some leagues and win that catch, and that's what we're doing here on a Monday. We also have the National Championship game happening, Roll Tide, and them dogs getting it on from Atlanta in about an hour, so we'll talk about that as well. But I want to start, as I usually do, by going around the news and notes in the NFL. First of all, in what is like the worst kept secret of all time. It sounds like the Raiders will announce that Mr. Gruden is their new head coach and it sounds like that will happen tomorrow. What I think is interesting though, the Raiders hired an offensive and a defensive coordinator today. Did it before technically hiring the head coach but it is going to be Paul Gunther as a D coordinator there in Oakland or Las Vegas if you want to go that route. And Greg Olson will be the offensive coordinator for the new Gruden staff among the Raiders. Also, the Chicago Bears have hired their new head coach, and it is Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy. He is their new head coach. He interviewed with Chicago over the weekend right after the Chiefs got bounced out on Saturday. I think this is very interesting. If you remember, throughout the week, throughout the season, we were talking about how the Chiefs gave play-calling duties back to the offensive coordinator, and that's when they sparked again. That's when Kareem Hunt sparked again towards the end of the season. Apparently, some people noticed that, and so Nagy became a hot candidate. He is the new Chicago Bears head coach. Interesting in Kansas City with what's left. You know, a lot of people think Alex Smith is going to move on, and Patty Mahomes will be on. Under center. Listen, Nagy is gone. A lot of people giving Andy Reid some criticism for his, uh, you know, kind of going right back into the conservative world. Interesting to note, Brad Childress, who was a special assistant for the Chiefs, has also announced his retirement. Childress was a former head coach in the NFL with the Vikings, so it seems like there's something of an exodus happening with the Kansas City Chiefs after two years in a row. Maybe some people believe they did not maximize their opportunity. There are are also reports out there that Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia may be in line to take the Detroit Lions head coaching job. We'll keep our eye out on that. There probably won't be any news on this one or the offensive coordinator McDaniels either because remember the Patriots are still there in the playoffs so now that the bye week is over these coordinators are obviously focused on the Tennessee Titans not necessarily interviewing for their next job okay speaking of teams that are still in the mix we have some injuries to report and talk about because listen this continues to matter for eight teams in the NFL Antonio Brown 
which will be the biggest name on the injury report as the Pittsburgh Steelers get back into action in the divisional round with that calf injury. He returned to practice today. They say he should be a full go with no restrictions. He should be good to go as they go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Pittsburgh this week. And I'll tell you what, the way the Jags defense is playing, they could sure use Antonio Brown to add to the rest of the weapons there in Pittsburgh. But it looks like A.B. should be just fine and continue to be booming this weekend against Jacksonville. However, DeMarco Murray, remember, he still has that knee injury. We saw Derrick Henry blow up and kind of have a coming out party, especially in the second half against Kansas City. It looks like he may have the backfield to himself again in New England this weekend. They're saying DeMarco Murray with that knee injury is day-to-day. However, it doesn't seem like they are optimistic about his ability to go on Saturday against the New England Patriots. Last piece of news I want to give you is that Sammy Watkins, the wide receiver from the Rams, he will be a free agent. He says that he is willing to re-sign with the Rams. I think that's kind of interesting. Listen, this is a kid who's had a lot of injury concerns, but is only 24, and we know the skill set is there. We know the potential is there. He had an interesting role with these Rams this year, but the interesting part to me is, as you know, I have my thesis about the fantasy herd. As Sammy Watkins, do you want to be part of the herd, or do you want to maybe go somewhere where you could be the guy, you know? Um, Interesting. Let's keep an eye out on that when free agency hits in March for the NFL. All right. Let's talk a little bit about my big time takeaways from Wild Card Weekend. And I want to start with the Tennessee Titans. I want to start with Marcus. Mariota. My guy Emery Hunt on Sunday called him Hawaiian Punch. I like that. I might have to steal and copyright that nickname. I love you, Zara, the playbook. But we're going to call Marcus Mariota Hawaiian Punch. Let me tell you something. In week 17, Mariota balled out. On Saturday, It looks like Mariota was this kind of like never say die, never giving up on plays. And that's what you want at the quarterback position. First of all, what I call the self-stack. When he threw the touchdown to himself, my guy V. Tony Sincata had him in DFS, doubled up there a little bit. Not many people had Mariota, so if you did, you had a nice little game. He went 19 of 31 for 205 yards, two touchdowns, only one pick. He also had eight carries for 46 yards and that receiving touchdown. So he certainly helped you out. I think he's rounding into form. I think he's showing himself as, uh, you know, kind of like a gamer, a clutch performer. And what I want to say is it wasn't that pass to himself that really impressed me. You know what impressed me? What impressed me was the last uh, run of the game when Derrick Henry got the first down so that they can run out the clock. It was Mariota who had the block that sprung him for the first down. Okay, not many quarterbacks would have thrown their throwing shoulder into a block like that to spring it for uh, kind of the end of the game to seal the deal. I really liked what I saw out of Mariota. Let me tell you one quarterback who, in my opinion, would not have done that. It's the guy he came out in the same draft class with, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston talking about eating W's. All Mariota is doing is playing in January and getting W's. Give me Marcus Mariota. The only unfortunate part is. I do not believe their season continues after they go to Gillette Stadium this weekend to take on the Patriots. I did want to start, though, with a little bit of love for Hawaiian punch Marcus Mariota. Big shout-out to Emery Hunt for the nickname. The next thing that I thought was interesting is the Atlanta Falcons, specifically 
Julio Jones, they're using him again. You know, and I think that's very important. They got Julio involved. Julio had a nice game. His nine receptions kind of led uh kind of led wide receivers in wild card weekend and Julio was omnipresent and I think that is very important for the Falcons if they are going to continue the Falcons kind of get lucky okay remember I said before I went on vacation I said that in division weekend there will be an NFC South team that goes to Philadelphia and will be road favorites that team happens to be the Atlanta Falcons the Atlanta Falcons are now three point favorites at my last check over at my bookie.ag they are three-point favorites going into philadelphia to take on the eagles i think they got rolling a little bit maddie ice showing his experience and what i thought was important not only do they get julio involved which is very important but you see that in the second half they had not one but two methodical drives to burn the clock when they were up. Maybe they could have used that in Super Bowl 51. Maybe they have learned their lesson, and I think that experience, them treating this like a business trip, was very key for the Atlanta Falcons. The other stat I'll give you is that Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman combined for 32 carries, 106 yards, and one touchdown. The number of attempts is really key there, and I think that uh, methodical approach in the second half really helped them. The other thing I want to say here, another trend I saw from Wild Card Weekend, it's Bortle service, man. Bortle service, Blake Bortles. I know Jacksonville won that game 10-3, to but I do not like what I saw from Blake Bortles. Let me tell you something. When your quarterback has more rushing yards than passing yards, which was actually the case for Bortles, he had 88 rushing yards and 87 passing yards, it does not bode well for your team. I don't think Bortles was ready for the limelight. You can tell it kind of got in his head. He was aiming his balls he was missing screens he was missing passes out to the flat I do not think that bodes well for the Jacksonville Jaguars who now go to Pittsburgh to have a Steelers team who's ready for revenge after the five interception performance of Big Ben Roethlisberger I'll give my picks later on in the week but uh I know the Jags defense is great but I don't know if they're going to go into Pittsburgh and do it again Bortles service does not look ready for the second season and the last Last thing I'm going to tell you guys is, remember how I was talking about the Saints and how they've evolved into this running team and time of possession and the defense? Yeah, well, apparently people forgot that Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. What a day from Drew Brees. 376 yards through the air. And let me tell you something. I think this creates a challenge for the Minnesota Vikings. You knew they could run the ball. Now don't forget about them attacking you through the air as well. The Saints look well-rounded, and when they go up to Minnesota, that is going to be the game of the weekend, in my opinion. When we get back, I'm going to tell you about two things about teams that lost this weekend that I want to get into. We'll be right back. It's Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. Let's go. My name is Greg Sussman. To my right sits an executive who turns last year's trash into this year's cash. To my left, the man that calls himself Wall Street, who had a more productive fantasy football season than he's ever had before. The crazy thing, he doesn't consider fantasy football his best sport. Listen each and every weekday to the Roto Experts, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. East, to get all the knowledge and analysis that these guys can give you. If you can't watch us live, make sure you listen to us on demand on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast.
gangster. You know what it is. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, the stable genius, if you will, according to 45. We're talking a lot about that these days as well. We're right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fantasy Freestyle. I got my man Chris Bavona. I got Danny down there as well in the Fantasy Pit of Misery. We're hearing that on the YouTube chat. You guys talking a lot about uh, the National Championship game. I'll give you my preview a little bit later on in the show. And it also sounds like you guys in the chat are talking about how it's kind of like never too early to do a mock draft for next year. Well, uh... Fantasy Sports Radio Network thought so as well. So guys like me, Joe Pisapia, Jake Seeley, Greg Sussman, Mike Florio, we are in progress doing a draft right now for next year. I'll talk a little bit about that throughout the week as well. All right. I told you I wanted to also mention something about a couple teams that lost. Uh, this weekend, I told you about you know Mariota, how I like that the Falcons were very businesslike. I think they may be successful in their next business trip to Philadelphia this weekend. How I do not believe in Blake Bortles, and I think he exposed himself to not be the quarterback that many people won their fantasy championships with in weeks like 13, 14, and 15, but a guy who is not ready for the playoff stage. And listen, I told you guys, remember, there was weeks ago, I told you a long time ago, that I like the New Orleans Saints in the NFC. I wasn't saying this. Now, all of a sudden, other people are coming to the same premonition that your boy Spees, the spitting statistician, had about a month or two ago. Shot call, but we'll see. They got a very tough test against the Minnesota Vikings. What I also want to say, though, I'd be remiss if I didn't say I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. I really do. I really do. I mean, think about what this man has gone through this season. First of all, I'm going to leave all the hashtag all quarterbacks matter stuff aside right now. I never want, he never gets a fair shake, okay? But this is a team that traded away their number one corner at the beginning of the season, traded away their best run stuffer in the middle of the season, traded away their number one, uh, you know, th- their option in Sammy Watkins in the beginning of the season. Granted, they get Kelvin Benjamin back. This is a team that benched Tyrod Taylor while they were in the sixth seed of the playoff push, only to have Nathan Peterman come in and throw five interceptions in the first half against the Chargers go right back to him. This man gets carted off because of a knee injury, comes right back to grind for this franchise, and then is not even able to finish the game because he suffered what looked like a very bad concussion or head injury at the very end of that game. He was sprawled out unconscious, and I don't think many people of the uh, Bills Mafia really had much uh, empathy for Tyrod. It seems to be a fait accompli that the Bills want to move on from Tyrod Taylor. I'll tell you right now, I'd take him on my team. I hope. I hope that Tyrod winds up in a very good situation. This kid gets no credit for taking the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs, something that has not been done in over 20 years. This is also a quarterback that has, are you ready for this? The lowest interception rate of all time in the NFL. This is a guy that does not turn the ball over. I think there are a couple of teams out there that have ready-made contending defenses and some pieces, and all they need is a quarterback. I think Tyrod should, 
if all things work out correctly, find himself in a very interesting situation. Let me throw a team out there for you. I think Tyrod would be an incredible fit for... The Denver Broncos, think about that. Think about that. If you have a playoff Super Bowl caliber defense, got some weapons on the outside, all they need is a team that doesn't turn the ball over like Simeon did and before that like Brock Osweiler did. They seem to have QB issues and still be waiting. I think Tyrod could make the Denver Broncos a very intriguing team in 2018. The other thing I want to say is about these Kansas City Chiefs, Boy, was this not a microcosm for their entire season as it related to their aggressiveness and as it related to Andy Reid. At the beginning of the game, in the first half, Alex Smith looked again like an MVP candidate. He had 200 yards passing, two touchdowns as the Chiefs were up 21-3. They were getting Tyreek Hill in space. They were feeding Kareem Hunt. Then all of a sudden, and you saw this on the sidelines... Andy Reid was the one holding that placard, that play-calling sheet. And then what happens? Kareem Hunt gets four carries in the second half. They decide to go jet option on third and two with Alex Smith straight running the ball. It defied logic, and it allowed the Tennessee Titans to get back into that game, and they ultimately lost. It was such a microcosm of the entire season. Alex Smith looking good, then the play calling getting weird, and Kareem Hunt not being utilized. Too bad they didn't bounce back at the end like they did at the end of the season. I think the Chiefs are going to be very different next year. You know Nagy is gone. You know it looks like Alex Smith is gone. Can Patty Mahomes step right in that? That is the question, if you ask me. I also want to give a big shout-out to everybody in the hashtag StatsOverBeatCypher. Y'all really showed me love even when I was away. I was getting questions on Twitter. I was getting people hitting me up saying, like, um, you know, that they're missing me on the show with Ventra and the fantasy executive holding it down. I hear Ventra did a little bit of lyricism on Stats Over Beats. We'll have to investigate that a little bit later on. But I just want to say I was very um, excited. I was very excited to see people... Um, responding in the way that they did, especially my guy Liberty Finder, who has even just hit me up on Twitter as we're talking about this with Tyrod. Liberty Finder wants Tyrod maybe to go to the Steelers if Big Ben uses this as his swan song. On a Sunday Lineup Lock Live, I made the point that if the Steelers do, say, ride off into the sunset and win a championship and Big Ben goes away, and I've said this before, I think Le'Veon Bell may keep it moving and go elsewhere, but I digress. Here's what I want to get into real quick. Uh, I mentioned that the uh, Bills Mafia were not giving Tyrod enough love. I do want to shout out the Bills Mafia. Let me tell you something. These guys are insane. They're, they're, they're sending people through tables in the parking lot. They're lighting people on fire in the parking lot. I was talking to Matt Modica, Mike Florio, our guy Gabe Morency up there in Canada, all Bills fans. I know they were riding with the tables and with the Bills Mafia. But what I want to say is this. I thought what they did with Andy Dalton was really... First class, you know, it was Andy Dalton who led a comeback drive, beating the Ravens, getting the Bills into the playoffs for the first time in 20-plus years. You know that Bills Mafia and Bills fans turned around and donated almost $350,000 to Andy Dalton's charity? I thought that was a really nice touch. I thought that was a really nice move. Um... 
you know, and, and uh, more people should kind of do that. It sounds like a lot of them were increments of 17 because apparently that was like the playoff drought that they had. Apparently it was 17 years, so a lot of people were making $17 donations to Andy Dalton's charity. I thought that was really cool. The other thing I want to say here, because, you know, I was away uh, for the last week and a half, and if you notice, if you're watching back on YouTube, you see that our desk is a little bit different, and that is because we are missing... Uh, one of the key members of the Stats Over Beat Cypher, Ted Finn Jr. Um, apparently, Ted Finn Jr. Uh, breathed his last breath while I was away. So we rest in peace to Ted Finn Jr. I, w- I was really sad. I was in Thailand, okay, when this happened. And I was I was affected by this. And so with the people that I was with, it was like, oh, no, Ted Finn Jr. Um, but I do want to say, listen, Ted Finn lasted longer than anybody could ex- have expected. Ted Finn Jr. was the source of a lot of comments, a lot of controversy. People were saying that we weren't taking care of him. Let me tell you something. For him to last four or five months, we were certainly taking care of him. I know the lights made it look like it was cloudy water and stuff like that. People even saying that they thought it was lemonade that he was swimming in. But it wasn't anything like that that did him in. Ted Finn Jr. was obviously, um, he succumbed to the frigid temperatures here in New New York uh, over over the holidays and so what I want to do is I want to ask you guys and if you're listening on YouTube right now I want to get the chat going on this and Danny maybe we'll bring you in a little bit later on in the next segment I would love to hear if people are responding to this I want to know what should we do now should we get another fish should we like replace Ted Finn Jr. should we get another fish Should we get maybe a different mascot? Should we have some kind of honorary tribute, like a tombstone or something here for Ted Finn Jr.? Or should we just do nothing and let it lie? That's what I want to know. You know, I want to know how do we properly honor and kind of uh, move on from the glory that was Ted Finn Jr. And maybe I'll put that up as a poll question, you know, a little bit later on this week. But I will say this today, the poll question is, which wild card winner was most impressive? 9% of you right now say the Tennessee Titans. 39 say the Atlanta Falcons, who went on the road to beat the Rams in a business trip. Only 7% say the Jaguars. I agree. The Jaguars did not look impressive to me. They, uh, you know, they got lucky. If you want to know the truth, they were able to face a Bills team that had a compromised Shady McCoy. 45% of you say that it is the New Orleans Saints, and I agree. Remember, they are one of my Super Bowl predictions, so I believe that the Saints did look impressive. I think they had the toughest matchup, and I think now when you have Kamara and Ingram being this thing that is kind of respected already, but you still have Drew Brees, the Hall of Fame quarterback who can go 370 on you, that is a problem. We got Chris Eller over here saying, welcome back. The show is not the same without you. Thank you to the love for the stash tag stats over beats. Gabe Moreno saying, good to have me back as well. He was impressed with the Titans in the second half. I just think they go to die in Gillette this weekend. Chris Ripley says that the Falcons have an easier path than the Saints. That's why they think it is the Falcons. When we come back, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you my preview for the national championship game, Bama and the Georgia Bulldogs, and we'll see what you guys are saying on the chat as well. What's the fantasy freestyle with your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician? Come on right back. Fantasy Freestyle, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. 
just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. You know what it is. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, the stable genius, Dane Martinez, back here on the Fantasy Freestyle on a Monday. I told you what I took away from Wild Card Weekend. We talked a little bit about who I believe has a chance to keep it moving. I got to tell you, I like the New Orleans Saints. I have been saying this for a while. I actually believe that the Saints went heavy on Drew Brees and the air game purposely because it gives Minnesota now more to think about. Okay, and their matchup in divisional round uh, Sunday. I believe they're the last game of division weekend. I believe this is the best weekend in football where you have four games and you get the one and two seeds in action. Minnesota will be at home. I wonder if it is home field advantage or if it is home pressure because they have the potential to host the Super Bowl. I like New Orleans. I think that is the best game of the weekend. Um, so we shall see. I would have said I like a Pittsburgh-Jacksonville showdown, but the way Blake Bortles played on Sunday, I think the moment is too big for him. I think he is regressing, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are ready for revenge. You know I've been talking about the Steelers for a few months. Anyway, all right. Here's what I want to do. I want to get into this national championship, okay? Alabama and Georgia are about to kick it off in about half an hour, I would say. Alabama is a four-point favorite. 45-and-a-half is your total in this one. There's an old phrase in boxing which goes, uh, style makes fight. Okay, and you got to, you know, see how people match up against each other and you never know how it's going to play out. And I think that's an interesting phrase, especially for this championship game. Okay, Alabama, what they do is they just have better players. They have bigger players. They have more NFL players and they punch you in the mouth. Their defense chokes you out. And that's pretty much it. That's the way it goes with Alabama. The interesting part is. That's what Kirby Smart and Georgia are trying to replicate. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I think that against most other teams, their punch-you-in-the-mouth, big-boy, down-south style works. But I don't think you can beat Alabama by trying to play Alabama football. Look at the teams that the Tide have struggled with over the last, oh, I don't know, four years. They lost that game to Johnny Manziel, who was like a scrambling quarterback who was going to run around and kind of try to make plays. They lost that game to Deshaun Watson, who was able to run around in a spread offense and make plays. They lost the game to Ole Miss in there with a quarterback, Chad Kelly, who was delivering from the pocket to a spread kind of wide open, pass-happy team. If Alabama was up against Oklahoma instead of Georgia, I'd be really intrigued by the difference in matchup, the difference in style, and what Baker Mayfield could have done against Alabama. However, I don't think that this run-heavy Georgia Bulldog offense, this team that wants to pound it with Nick Chubb, wants to run with Sony Michelle, I don't think they have enough to go mano y mano with the Crimson Tide. I think that they will hang in there, 
maybe have a big special teams play. But ultimately, I think this is like a three-quarter game, not a four-quarter game. And all of a sudden, something's going to happen. You're going to blink, and Alabama's going to score 10 points. The same way they did against Clemson. If you saw that semifinal game, it was 10-6. It was a close game. And then all of a sudden, in about a minute of game action, poof, it was 24-6. I think Alabama will make the big play, whether it's a turnover, whether it's a kind of special teams play, or something will happen, and the tide will pull away. That being said, I like Alabama to win and cover. I like Alabama, call it a 27-14 kind of game. I think they cover the four-point spread. I would take the under on the over-under, which is 45-and-a-half, but I wouldn't touch the total. I would just take Roll Tide and Nick Saban to win another national championship. I think this would be five in nine years for the Crimson Tide. I like Alabama, and I like them to cover. I don't think you beat Alabama playing Alabama's game. I think it works well for Georgia if you're playing pretty much anybody but Alabama. I think Oklahoma was the team that could have made this interesting or a spread kind of offense. I think Clemson could have maybe even potentially had made it interesting with the running quarterback they had in Bryant. But I just don't think when style makes fight, I think this is a style that Alabama will eat for lunch. And I think that's what will ultimately happen down in Atlanta uh, in about half an hour. It will get it going for the national championship game. However, I do want to say this. I do want to see say that a team that I would have loved to have seen get a shot at this was the University of Central Florida, the Golden Knights here. They go 13 or 14 and 0. They had a chance. They beat Auburn, right, in, in their uh, New Year's game of six bowl. I really think they got screwed. I think they should have had a chance in this playoff. Or, moreover, I think it's probably a reason, you know, exhibit A of why we need to expand to eight or, dare I say, even 16 teams. You know, you talk about, oh, it's a, it's a, a, a small-time conference. They should have not gotten gotten their chance but this is no normal small-time conference this conference had Houston in it last year and they beat Oklahoma in their bowl game this conference has Memphis and they have hung with the big boys down south for a while I think Central Florida with Houston with Memphis in this conference that they have a chance and I think that you know like I said UCF they beat Auburn Auburn in the regular SEC season Beat Alabama, beat Georgia. Auburn beat both teams that are playing for the national championship tonight. And UCF beat Auburn. So thus, I took middle school math. By the law of syllogism, UCF has a chance against any of these teams. And so I think they should have been afforded the opportunity. Here's what I do. I find it no reason why these teams play Thanksgiving weekend and then don't play again until the bowl season. I think you can fit an 18 playoff. I think you can fit a 16 team playoff. Why? Because Division 2 does it. Division 3 does it. I would like to see this. And here's what I would do. I would take, I think there's like 10 or 11 conferences. I would take all the conference winners. 
And then I would take five, you know, wild card bids. Imagine if you would get like a Washington versus Ohio State kind of game, a USC against Wisconsin kind of game. Let the little boys play. Let Troy have to play, you know, uh, Alabama in the first round. Let Clemson have to play a UCF in the first round. Just like March Madness. And then you get your upsets. You know, maybe you get your 12-5 upset. Maybe they all get steamrolled, but at least they have a chance. In college basketball, if you go undefeated, you win the national championship. UCF went undefeated and has no chance of sniffing the national championship. I think this is the way it should go. I think they need to move. If they move to eight, at least have the five power conferences in, have the best, you know, mid-major in, and then have two wild cards. What they can do is... Have the first round be like the higher seed hosts it. And then with the quarterfinals, make the quarterfinal game be the Peach Bowl at a neutral site. Or be the, you know, Outback Bowl. Be the, whichever those kind of mid-level bowls are, be the Citrus Bowl. And then you continue to have your rotation for the semifinals and the finals like you do already. But unfortunately, my champion, UCF, is not in here. You're going to have two SEC teams, Alabama and Georgia. I think the tide rolls. I think they come. Cover the four-point spread. What I want to do is go down into the fantasy pit of misery where my boy Danny is down there monitoring the chat. You told me, Danny, that a lot of people are talking about the national title game. I think Alabama wins because it's Alabama's style. I think they cover the minus four. What are the people saying on the YouTube chat about the national championship game, Danny? National championship game, uh, we actually took a pause from that for a few minutes because uh, you threw out the topic of what we should do next. For, uh, oh, for, Ted Finn? for Ted Finn, yeah. Yeah, what are the people saying? So uh, Jim Ross says we need a new fish. Okay, a new fish. Or, and go with him, a snake. Ooh. <laughs> uh, strong style ninja says we should get a dog, which I am 100% for. So here's the thing. I'm allergic to dogs. I'm well, allergic. And I don't think we. I don't think it's humane to keep a dog cooped up in Studio Thirty Four all the time. Oh you know no, I'll, I mean? I'll take him home with me. He, oh, I'll just bring. I'll just. Home. I'll just bring him back during It'll the day. It'll be a commuter mascot. All right, what else are people saying? All right, James Young said we need to get a new fish, and he's already selected a name. Oh, it's what's the name? Tyreek Gill. Oh, I like that. Because we were talking about Mike Gillisley as well as an option. So, yeah, we could play the name game with a new fish. Or you, you, don't, you don't think we should just go uh, Ted Finn, like, the third, Ted Finn, the fourth, like they do with this Georgia mascot, Ugga, who's the bulldog, who is the Georgia mascot? They're up to, like, Ugga 7. When the dog dies, they just name another, uh, bring another one in, but it's the, same, it's the same name. Okay, so we're thinking dogs, snakes, and new fish. Anything else? Uh, that's about it so far. All right, what are the – I know you said you took a pause from the national championship game, but are more people on uh, Alabama or Georgia, it sounds like? Um, it actually looks like right now we have a little bit of both. Oh, okay. So – Split money. Yeah, so right. far. That's interesting. With all the people who take Georgia, what they need to do is realize that they're not going to beat Alabama playing Alabama's game. Also, Nick Saban is 11-0 and going up against his former assistants, his former coordinators. That is Kirby Smart. But, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's been with him the longest and probably has the best players. But I don't know if it is going to be the case. I like Alabama. I like the tie to roll in the national championship game. When we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, 
while. We're going to recap the poll once again, which props out to this hashtag stats over beat cipher. We have over 250 votes already in just a couple of hours. We'll see how the poll is doing. And I'll tell you how we're going to spend the rest of our time this week on the fantasy freestyle speeds. The spitting statistician is back in the saddle. Rest in peace to Ted Finn Jr. Thank you so much to everybody giving me props. Liberty Finder out there really uh, giving me love and appreciating the return of Speeds the Spitting Statistician, the stable genius. We'll be right back here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We check in on the polls and I'll tell you what we could talk about for the rest of the week. Dilly dilly, that is uh, a hint. That's something I heard when I was on vacation. We'll be right back. It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Fantasy Freestyle. Marcus Mariota. I think he's rounding into form. I think he's showing himself as, uh, you know, kind of like a gamer, a clutch performer. And what I want to say is it wasn't that pass to himself that really impressed me. You know what impressed me? The last run of the game when Derrick Henry got the first down so that they could run out the clock. It was Mariota who had the block that sprung him for the first down. Not many quarterbacks would have thrown their throwing shoulder into a block like that to spring it. Weekdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez speeds the spitting statistician, the stable genius right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So like I said, we got a poll question up, and thanks to the over 250 people who have answered the poll in just the last couple of hours, I asked you which um, wildcard winner was the most impressive, and 45% of you agree with me and cite the New Orleans Saints. I really do like that. I think they're rounding into form. I think they got their passing game going with Drew Brees putting up 375-plus in the wildcard weekend. And remember, you still have... Alvin Simon and Theodore Kamara and Mark Ingram there. I think their defense is rounding into form as well. Remember, they're the ones who shut down that game by sacking Cam Newton at the very end. So 45% of you like the Saints. We've got the national championship game that's about to take place. I like the Alabama Crimson Tide to cover the four-point spread against the Georgia Bulldogs in that one. Later on this week, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you my take on this Patriots drama at the very top of the food chain with uh, Kraft, Belichick, and Tom Brady. I'm going to tell you out of those three uh, who I think will no longer be there in 2018. It's obviously not owner Robert Kraft, so we'll talk about that. I'm also going to, you know, there's like six openings in the NFL, even though some of them may have been filled, as we heard that Nagy is filled in um, in Chicago. There's a couple of others. You know, Gruden apparently will be named in Oakland this week. I'm going to rank the six available jobs and tell you who I would try to prioritize if I was one of those hot coaching names that are out there. I think that there are some jobs out there that completely stand above the rest. So we're going to talk about that. I'll also do my ranks and kind of like my confidence pool with the um, eight remaining teams in the playoffs. I'll talk about my confidence in those eight teams and how I rank them. And also, the guys here at the Fantasy Sports Network, we are doing a way too early fantasy football draft for 2018 already. Okay, guys like me, Jake Seeley, Frank Stanfield, uh, Greg, Greg Sussman, 
as well. So we're going to be getting into that as well. You know, I'll tell you right now, Saquon Barkley was drafted very high up. I'll let you know how high when we dig into it a little bit later on. Um, All right. So the other thing I want to say is while I was gone, I'm getting a lot of conversation that my boy Chris Ventra decided to take uh, stats over beats literally. Hey, Bavona, were you here when apparently Chris Ventra gave a little bit of lyricism out here? I'm hearing mixed reviews. I'm hearing that Ventra kind of defecated the mattress his first time out at it, but then he came back the following day and was, uh, you know, all right. He did a he did awful the first time around. I think he was just way too nervous. I think he was just trying to actually like truly freestyle. Okay. And then at the end of the week, he had written he wrote out like a few a little bars, uh, a yeah, couple he, of bars. He, he wrote out a couple of bars. You know, Allen Iverson did forty bars. I think Chris Venture did like one bar. Or something okay. Like that. Interesting. So do me a favor. What we got to do later on this week, maybe when Venture is back in the fantasy pit of misery, um, we're gonna have to play that back, and I'm gonna have to give a little critique. Of what we heard out of uh, Chris Ventura, okay? We can do that. All right, we got to get that ready to go. And as always, don't forget, even though our contests are over, please continue to go on over to DailyRoto.com or RotoExperts.com and check out DKMS. Remember, our collaboration as we're helping the fight against blood cancer, there's still a lot of work to be done in that area. We gave away all the prizes, all the tickets already, but you can still really help with the fight against blood cancer by swabbing your cheek, maybe being a match, and really help being by being a uh, blood donor or a bone marrow donor and potentially helping us out. All right. It feels good to be back. I appreciate everybody. Thanks to everybody down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Where, by the way, apparently there's a list out there of alternative phrases that they were considering besides dilly dilly. We're going to try and get our hand on that as well. But your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, the stable genius, is back in the saddle here on the fantasy freestyle. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll break down the national championship. We'll talk about the Pats drama. And we'll talk about these uh, divisional playoff matchups coming up in the NFL. It's the fantasy freestyle. Your boy Speeds back in action. Happy New Year, everybody.